On the Block, On Demand. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, baby, welcome back, or welcome aboard. So glad to have you here. Happy Hump Day, everybody. You're On the Block, ESPN Radio. By the way, our uh, our last show of the week. I kind of like this uh, three-day schedule we got going here. I'm digging it. It doesn't matter what I say. Now, don't be too sad. We won't be here tomorrow or Friday because we have full coverage of the PGA Championship for you here. Thanks to our friends at Westwood One. So, uh, I'll be back on Monday. But we've got the, the rest of this hour to go to be together and talk sports. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644 if you'd like to join the show that way. I think that O'Shea Brissett's already won here. I think short of going to the NBA Combine over the next few days and just completely falling on his face, just missing shot after shot after shot, overwhelmed by being in Chicago with the best of the best prospects. Because if you want to look at it one way, it's one thing to stand out in a group of G League elite talent. That's a lot of really good basketball players. And you're a sophomore in college in a mixture of not only college players, but guys that have been in the G League that are pros. You know, Andrew White was there. John Gillen was there. People that have made the league. So, For him to stand out in that group and be one of those to move on to the combine, where, may I remind you, now last year was a high percentage, but 49 of the 60 players that went to the NBA combine in Chicago last year got drafted. That's a lot. That's a big, big number. And beyond that, if you look at the past five seasons, our friend Donna DeToto from Syracuse.com did the math on this. Over the past five seasons, an average of 43 of the NBA's 60 draft picks were filled by players who went to the combine. So 49 is a little high. The average is 43. Either way, you're at the combine. You are seen as a top prospect. If you earned your way into the combine by being a standout at the G League Elite Camp, and you're turning heads, and I've got the scout who knows telling me that O'Shea Brissett is earning some buzz. People love the basketball shape that he is, the skill set that they that he has that they can develop. They're taking a second look at him. There's always a few workout wonders every year that are kind of on the list, and you're not quite sure, and then they just kill it at these workouts, and it gets people to kind of open their eyes. They love the rising star. And it appears that O'Shea at least is in position to be one of those guys. He's got more workouts set up here. Now, what he's got going against him is time. Because he has until May 29th to make this decision. But this is why you test the waters. This is why you go through this process. And the process has never been better. It used to be a pretty flawed process. You couldn't even consult with an agent. You couldn't even, you know, really get you would get the feedback from the basketball people, but it has been filtered and it is professional enough now that O'Shea is consulting with an agent right now. He has to drop all ties to that agent if he decides to come back to Syracuse. And we know the eligibility rules and the things that are in the NCAA considerations and all that. But you want to talk about somebody who's getting the most out of his opportunity to see where he stands. 
If he simply wants to be a professional basketball player of some sort, try and get a two-way contract, even if he's not a second-round pick, just give me a shot in the summer, let me prove I can be a G League player, then he's going to get that. If he wants to be drafted, he's helping his cause. So I think no matter what happens in Chicago, he's already won the process, and I think you got to get it in your head now. And he won't be here next year. It would be a pleasant surprise if he came back. We're not there yet, but we're heading that way. You always have to leave the possibility open. With Tyus, I was convinced he wasn't coming back. It seemed like he got invited to the Combine last year. Good sign. It seemed like he'd get picked. And, you know, those these things go right up until the draft. And he had a deadline where he had to pull out. Remember, he was one of the last people to pull his name out of the hat, was at a workout right up until the last minute, which is what you should do. And I think O'Shea was quoted as saying that Adam Zagoria wrote some stuff for us at Syracuse.com, and O'Shea should take every minute he can to figure out this process because he's got till May 29th to come back, and then the draft is like three weeks after that. So you want to jam in as many workouts, get all the feedback, figure it out, He's had workouts with teams already. He's got now think about this. He had some lined up after the G League Elite camp. There's only going to be more now that he's at the combine. So again, short of him just completely falling on his face over the next two days, which I don't think he will, considering how well he played in the elite camp, he's already won here. He's already gone through the process, and at the very least, if he comes back, built momentum to be picked next year. Now, coming back can work against you. I think we're seeing that with Tyus. Now, Tyus is somebody who I think still, we talked to Noah Eagle earlier on the show who was at the G League Elite Camp and gave us some feedback from what people were saying there in Chicago. And I think Battle has enough of a reputation that all it takes is one team that's evaluated him the past couple of years, that knows what he's capable of, fits their system, believes in what he can do, and, and will give him every opportunity to make the team, if that's in the Summer League, if that's in the G League, whatever the case may be. We'll see how that plays out. So even if Tyus doesn't get picked, he's going to have an opportunity. But I believe he would have been picked last year. So if you want to be picked, which of course is always you know a better assurance that a team feels they want to invest in you, coming back can work against you. Like You kind of want to ride the uptick here, but I think the best-case scenario for O'Shea, if he kills it the next two days and goes to workouts and builds the buzz, and people are like, wow, I like what I can do with this guy. He's going to be a second-round pick. And if he's fine with that, then I would get it in your head of the possibility that he's moved on. That's what can happen. Some guys go into the test the waters phase and find out, ooh, I am over my head. And some people jump in, and the water's just fine. And right now, it's looking like the water's just fine. Now, you can doubt this. You can say, what are you talking about? This guy doesn't finish at the rim. His shot's not refined yet. He's not big enough. He's not this. He's not that. And you wouldn't be wrong in some of those ways. But think like an NBA scout, general manager, personnel person here. You look at the frame, you look at the athleticism, you look at the measurables, and you say, what can I do with this prospect? If he gets to work with me, wherever it shall be, full-time, 
Is he going to be, you know, playing 30 minutes in the NBA next year? No. I don't think so. But that's what the draft in the Summer League and the G League and all these processes are for, development. If you look at him from that standpoint, I think we all can agree that he has the NBA frame. He has the NBA potential. He has the type of game that could develop that way. He's not there now, but again, I think we've determined over the past few years, being ready doesn't matter. If you're in the, he's not ready for the NBA camp, I'm not even going to have that discussion with you. You're not wrong, but remember, it doesn't matter. Who's completely ready for the NBA now? Even Zion Williamson, you can point out a few things, say, no, he's not quite ready for the league. That doesn't matter anymore, and it hasn't mattered for a long time. So I think he's already won. I think he's. I think you can already say he made the right decision to test the waters. Now, again, if he comes back, things can swing the other way. We've seen him for a few years. <laughs> NBA scouts are very fickle about this stuff. Now you're picking apart flaws, and if he doesn't continue to advance, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, I think O'Shea would kill it next year. I think he would. Every player is different. With Tyus, it kind of got stale for some people, and that's unfortunate. With O'Shea, I still think there's a lot more upside there, a lot of things that can grow in his game, and I don't think people, I don't think it would get stale. Let's put it that way. But when you can catch the wave of momentum, like I think a Malachi Richardson did, strike when the iron's hot, whatever expression you want to use here, you do it. And that's where O'Shea seems to be right now. Now, we're a long way from anything concrete here, but the trend is positive. It's not. I'm not getting reports from people that are in Chicago that are like, oh, man, this guy made a mistake. What is he doing? He is overwhelmed. He does not look good. He's got to go back. He has no choice but to go back. It's the other way. People are like, whoa. The mere fact that he was one of 10 players to come out of the G League camp to go to the combine, I mean, it's not like, hey, we're going to take you with the 15th overall pick. I think the Knicks are thinking about trading for you. No, but... He's in a better spot now than he was even a week ago because a week ago there was nothing. When I was going back and forth with the scout who knows, he's like, there's just nothing. But he always said, let's see what happens. He could make it to Chicago. He always left that caveat like, listen, I've seen it before. There's always a few players that come out of Chicago, work out wonders. He seems to be heading down that path. 437-7644, that's the number, Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. From the text line at 288-0644, Brent, game day will only come to Syracuse if they win at Maryland the week before that. I agree. I think that Syracuse has got to beat Liberty in Maryland, and I think that Clemson has to beat Georgia Tech and Texas A&M. College football, man, weird things happen, especially earlier in the season. But if they both go 2-0, and then we're going to have us a party here in Syracuse. We're already going to because prime time, baby. Saturday, We'll talk about that more coming up. Plus, oh my goodness, every team in New York seems to be playing the hold my beer game. 
And the Jets are the latest to do it. Stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Do not miss an exciting evening of boxing action. Former world champion Zab Judah and Cletus Selden will kick off the 30th Boxing Hall of Fame induction weekend at Turning Stone Friday, June the 7th. Tickets are on sale now, and we will be giving those away next week right here on the block, ESPN Radio. Let's go back to the phones here, and then uh, we shall discuss the Hold My Beer game going on in New York sports. Tim and Eastwood first, though, on the block. Hey, Timmy. Hey, Brent. Um, I got a question for you. I know the NBA talks about the one and dones mm-hmm. potentially uh, the rule going away. That's correct. Um, yeah. But when they do that, I, I don't know if you've heard any chatter. Are they going to go to the baseball-type rule, where which is similar to college football, where – got to be out of school three years to, to then go pro because otherwise there still will be one and dones. There just won't be as prevalent. I mean, there'll be a guy, you know, I don't, kids think so, who, oh, don't feel like going to the NBA right away. They'll, they'll spend a year in college and then they'll still go. I mean, I think they got to do, they got, you know, they got to do both. They got to let them go. But once you're in, you know, you got to stay for a minimum time of at least, I don't know, two, three years. I'm not well, sure what, what the new thoughts? rule is going to be. I don't know if they're going to go back to the old system, which was just, hey, you're 18, come on in. Obviously, the one and done rule, you know, the one and done rule for college coaches, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you, and thanks for the call and the question, Timmy, you do get Zion for a year. You do get Kevin Durant for a year. You do get Carmelo Anthony was before the rule, but you get players like that for a year. You'd rather have them for a year than not have them at all. Because under the old rule, they didn't come at all. So, But it's important to keep in mind, this is an NBA rule. And there's collective bargaining to be done. And the, the baseball hockey way, I don't think that's the NBA way to go. The players are more developed. I mean, why would Zion Williamson or, or, or John Morant or any top talent have to do it? But what is the right solution? Is it just 18, free market? You want to go to college, you go to college. You want to go to the NBA, you want to go to the G League. You're welcome to do so. It's going to be very curious to see, but Adam Silver, college coaches, everybody involved has all come to the conclusion it's going away sooner rather than later. And now the last holdout was the people in the NBA, the the Players Association. You had to collectively bargain the stuff, and they've come around like, yeah, this isn't working for them. But it does work for college, right? Because what happens now for college coaches is you've got to convince a Zion. You've got to convince a John Moran. You've got to convince a top talent that even a year or two at Syracuse or Duke or Carolina or Kansas or fill-in-the-blank top program is better than going right to the league. What a game going on in New York, to switch gears to that. So it was just a couple weeks ago, kids, after the draft. Dave Gettleman, general manager of your New York football giants, was so in love. We played the clips. You heard the clips. You know the clips. With Daniel Jones, of all people. Daniel Jones. Here it is right here. Just so in love. I loved him on film. Absolutely loved him. Loved everything about him. And uh, then I went to the uh, senior bowl. 
He walked out there, and I saw a professional quarterback. After, his, after the three series that I watched, I saw a professional quarterback. So that's when I was in full bloom love. Giant fans are looking at this situation, and they're saying, what are you doing? Why are you taking him there? You're lying out of your stinking teeth to say that there were two teams ahead of you that were going to take him. And what I said then was you've got to have faith that Dave Gettleman is a genius and all the idiots here, that he sees something nobody else does, and in three years he we're all going to look back on this and say, boy, were we wrong about that? That Dave Gettleman, man, woo, killing it. Okay, that was two weeks ago. Last night. Now, this isn't all the Knicks' fault because it's the bounce of the ping-pong balls, but last night, Nick fans, Stephen A. Smith included, Let's just say not taking it well that they didn't get Zion. Close. They tease us. Then they wouldn't get it done. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Seriously, somebody check on Stephen A. I'm worried about my friend. We'd like to see him when we go to ESPN next month. Oh, oh, oh. Please. Someone. Safety check. Stephen A. Pronto. Okay, that was last night. Now, even the most upset Nick fans looked at it and said, okay, but still got the third pick. That's pretty good. And Mike and R.J. Barrett, maybe we trade for Anthony Davis. Okay, actually, you know what, guys, it's so bad, right? But it still kind of puts the perception out there like, what a grease fire burning. The Jets today step in and say, well, we better get in on this. There is so much ineptness going around that we better jump. We are the Jets, guys. Like, come on. We cannot let the team we share a building with and the New York Knicks take the title as the most inept franchise in New York sports. We are the same old Jets. How dare we put the perception out there that we are doing smart things, making smart draft picks like Sam Darnold, like Queen and Williams this year. Spending wisely in free agency, going after big names, attracting Le'Veon Bell to New York. What are we doing, guys? We're actually showing people that we're turning this thing around. We've got to go back. We have got to show people that we are the same old Jets. Fire the GM. Wait, you want to do what? I mean, he's not really that good of a GM, sir, but... You did just let him spend $190 million in free agency. Fire the man. And while you're at it, fire Heimerdinger, too. I never liked that guy's name. Um, Sir, we just let him run the last two drafts. Fire him. Gone. Okay. Is, like, Belichick available? Like, who are we bringing in for this? Hey, remember we had Bill Belichick for a day? That was a great day in Jets history, right? Sir, who do we have coming in to take over? Adam Gase. Adam Gase. The coach that we just hired, the guy that hasn't won a playoff game and then a losing record with the Miami Dolphins, that guy? Yes, that guy. Let's let him run the whole thing. I don't think it's such a good idea, sir. Okay, well, let's let him handpick the next GM. Fine. You know why? Because we're the same old Jets. I await what the Mets will do in response to this. Because you know people in the Mets front office are now like, 
guys, we thought that putting Tim Tebow on the field as a legitimate AAA prospect was going to ensure that we are the clown car organization of New York sports. That wasn't good enough. Emergency meeting. Hold my beer. We need to take the title back from the Jets here. We cannot let the Jets have this title. How dare they? The Giants and the Knicks and now the Jets. Thinking that they can have our title. It's the most inept franchise in New York sports. We will not stand for this. Somebody get me the manager on the phone. We're calling up Tebow. We're doing it. Um, sir, do you know that he's like the worst batter in AAA baseball right now? Don't care. Call him up. Sir, like literally. He, he has the worst batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage in AAA baseball. Are you sure about this? That's even better. Why didn't you tell me this before? Bring him up. The Jets will only have this title for four hours. Call up Tebow and do it now. Like, what is happening here? There are many grease fires burning in this fine city. The Big Apple, New York City. Height of the sports world, of the world itself. What is going on here? <laughs> Why are you letting Dave Gettleman? By the way, great joke on Twitter last night that Daniel Jones was the Duke athlete that was the dream of New York sports fans, not Zion Williamson, because, well, we know that's not a possibility anymore. But you got Gettleman take, taking Daniel Jones because he was so in love. I saw him at one practice at the Senior Bowl, and you know what it was? Love. It was love. And then the Knicks. I mean, James Dolan just does something like every other day that makes you think that. But they couldn't win the first pick last night. The Jets today do this three weeks after you let the guy run everything. The draft, free agency, spend your money. Now fire him for Adam Gase. So, you know what? We thought that Tebow was going to be a September call-up. No, just get it out of the way now. Just get it out of the way now because the Mets have got counter this move that the Jets for at least right now temporarily hold the title is the most in that franchise in New York sports but wait five minutes like the Syracuse weather and that could change let's go on the blind side next you're on the block ESPN radio thank you bye-bye